This is LiveWell Talk on Vestibular Therapy. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unite Point Health St. Luke's Hospital. Joining me today is Renee Crumley, Senior Physical Therapist at St. Luke's. She is an expert in vestibular therapy, and she's been invited to join us to, to discuss what is vestibular therapy and when is it used. Welcome. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. What, well, Renee, what is vestibular therapy? Well, vestibular therapy is a very specialty-driven area of physical therapy that is an exercise-based or treatment-based practice that is done by people who have had specialty training. Um, All the clinicians here um, have had some specialty training outside of what they get in normal physical therapy. And and the goal of that therapy is to restore balance, but also perhaps prevent falls. Prevent falls, restore balance, get rid of the vertigo if it's vertigo dizziness, uh, rolling in bed, looking up, bending over, then the goal is to resolve that. So your goal, you know, and that's part of your interview, how is this affecting your patient? And the patient tells you every time I can't roll over in the bed in the right, then your goal is, well, okay, my goal is for you to be able to look up, roll over, bend over, move your head quickly. Now, I think as people age, this becomes more common but also it can affect young people. So can you just tell us what is a disorder of the vestibular system and how patients may present? Well, the vestibular, what is a disorder? It's a, it's a problem with dizziness or imbalance. It can be pretty complex or it can be pretty simple. Um, you know, it's quite prevalent. The most common complaint of dizziness, of course, is the, the what we call the BPPV, which stands for the benign proximal positional vertigo, which, you know, is the most common complaint of dizziness that we see. And you can see it any, it's pretty common in anybody after age 20. Of course, it increases in incidence when you get older, but, you know, it can be seen in in young people. And um, it's a, a problem with dizziness. Typically, it's an episodic complaint where the person states they get up out of bed, they look up, they bend over, they move their head quick, and they experience room spinning dizziness. And they can be quite disabled, can't they? Oh, yeah. They can be in a wheelchair. They cannot be able to move their head at all. It can be quite severe. I mean, they can be in the ER. We do see quite a few people in the ER. And and what, Renee, how do you approach that patient when they do present with those symptoms? Well, the evaluation of, of someone with that symptom starts with a history. You kind of want to get, you want to know the timing, the tempo, and the, is there a trigger or is it spontaneous? Because that can lead your, um, uh, ops, lead you what, how you're going to evaluate the patient and what you might need to do. Uh, there are some people it is so severe and they're actually having an acute vestibular event. It can even be a stroke. Um, sometimes vertigo is a stroke. And so with those type of patients, you might be doing a total different assessment than you would with someone who has uh, something that's maybe not quite as severe. Um, So the approach is, of course, to visit with a patient, to take their history. You know, patients are quite smart. They often tell us what's wrong with us if we listen. So it's very important that we do listen. And then also to to ask them certain questions and try to figure out if we can figure out what triggers our dizziness. And then upon, after that, we'll do what we call an ocular motor assessment where we assessment where we look at how the eyes and ears work together. And then we have specialized equipment here at Unity Point Health 
where we can actually observe the eye movements and actually record them as we're um, doing the assessment to help us determine and then to help us treat what the problem is. And how many, um, I mean, it seems like maybe once a month we have someone that sometimes has to spend the night in the hospital. Um, but then how often are you called to the ER? Is this pretty common presentation? You know, I used to be called to the ER quite often, but, you know, the last three or four years, we've had a PT who is actually in the ED Monday through Friday. So it is within, since that started, it's quite rare for me to be called to the, to the ER. I, cause I mostly do the outpatient therapy. And if you have vestibular symptoms, vertigo, room spins, and you also have loss of hearing, isn't that more severe and indicates a, a higher degree of pathology than without? You're right. Hearing is a red flag. If someone has a sudden loss of hearing, you know, then you're really thinking it might be something like a stroke. It is possible for it to be a labyrinthitis. That's an older term that isn't used very often anymore, where the person has an inner infection that has um, loss of hearing and imbalance. But I do believe that most people feel that if the hearing has gone suddenly, you, you ought to investigate for a stroke. And I, I know physicians try to use the antivert meclizine uh, for this, which is simply an antihistamine. Um, and that's not the best medication. I know you and I have had this conversation in the past several times. Um, but can you explain why throwing antihistamines at this may make things worse? Well, if the problem is that we're seeing you is that you have had an acute vestibular event that has attacked your vestibular nerve and caused either unilateral or bilateral, what we would call vestibular hypofunction or weakness, it's a problem with imbalance and what we call gaze stabilization. The patient has blurry vision. They might need that meclizine the first one to three days, but after that, they need to compensate for their problem. And if you give them a vestibular suppressant, which is what meclizine does, it suppresses the vestibular system, your brain won't compensate as well. So that's why it's recommended that after one to three days that you get off of it. Uh, for BPPV, you don't commonly need meclizine unless you're very severe. And then there are some people who really do need not only meclizine, they might also need Valium. We don't want them to use it as, you know, use it very, we want them to use it very sparingly, quite frankly, because if they really do need it, you want it to work and your body can develop a tolerance to it. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of been, I've always done a pretty rapid taper over three to five days after that. Now you mentioned three days, I'm going to probably shorten my taper. So when, what, what would I expect if I had uh, vestibular dysfunction and I was going to go see you in a therapy appointment? Just kind of walk me through that first visit. The first visit, um, well, first of all, we're going to try to decide, is this what we call coming from just your inner ear or peripheral problem? Or is this more a central problem trying to figure out, is this something with the way your brain and eyes and ears are working together? Your first visit would, if it's an outpatient setting, you've got a lot of paperwork that you have to fill out with a lot of questions that help guide the exam and, and just also help us figure out how disabled is this person by this problem. And then we, you would expect to do an ocular motor exam. People often say, oh yeah, they made me track my finger, track the finger because we're looking for that abnormal eye movement, which we describe as a nystagmus. 
Um, your eyes and ears work together. It's normal for your eyes to move in your head. That's one of the jobs of the human vestibular system is to keep your gaze stable when you're moving so you can see clearly when you're moving. And if you have an acute event, and even with BPV for brief periods, that's going to be disturbed. But in an acute vestibular event, like a vestibular hypofunction, um, you're, that's going to be disturbed. And that's going to take four to six weeks to recover. And you're going to need to do specific exercises and therapy maybe one time a week for four to six weeks. That's, that's in that case. If you're coming for positional vertigo, which is what people call the ear crystal problem, that is more of a quick fix problem. People are often cured after one visit. You know, about 85% to 95% of the people get fixed quite rapidly, although not always. You know, there are some people that it's very challenging and, and very complicated and it takes longer and more visits. Uh, and those, it comes back. I've had patients, it's recurrent. Right, yeah, right. Your reoccurrence rate within the first year is probably 50%. After that, you know, the research varies about how reoccurrent it is. But, you know, I, I would say 25 to 50% of the time, any year you could have it come back. Well, this is really great information because it is a condition that presents that as clinicians, physicians, um, we, we could do a better job of triaging them and understanding what's going on and pick the right treatment plan. And I think uh, your expertise, I know it's helped me many times over my career getting the patient the right thing, um, right treatment. Even, I, I don't know if you remember my great aunt, she would always say, give me an oh, appointment yeah. with Renee, give me an appointment <laughs> with Renee. So, and uh, very grateful for that. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Again, this was Renee Crumley, Senior Physical Therapist at St. Luke's Hospital. For more information, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.